Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The panel. 10.25 here on the SENZ in the mornings. Um, and we have as panellists this morning, uh, Mr. Aidan McLaughlin and Mr. Mark Hinton. And uh, Aidan McLaughlin uh, out of Havelock North. Um, what did you make of uh, that performance yesterday, particularly in the last uh, 10 minutes? And what about your report card for the season, Aidan? Yeah, morning, Smithy, and morning to you, Mark. Um, <clears throat> I think probably the last 10 minutes kind of reflected the season in many ways, didn't it? It's um, a season of two halves in many ways, which was topped off by that draw. Uh, you know, a very disappointing start to the season with the, the, the home series defeat to Ireland, um, defeat to South Africa. Uh, some changes in the coaching regime, but then also a defeat at home to Argentina. So four wins out of the four losses out of the first six. Uh, I think Joe Smith and uh, Jason Ryan did have a, a significant impact for the second half of the season. And I think generally there were some good things that did come out of that that tour at the end of the year. But really, the last nine minutes show that there's still a long way to go. It's, in a way, it may be a blessing in disguise. Had they won that game uh, and then won the last seven games in a row, we might be going into the, the summer break thinking, hey, things are a little bit better than they are. But this just kept them in check a bit. Um, and probably if I look at the overall season, I don't know, maybe a C- minus, Smithy? It's interesting to see minus because uh, I would say, um, Mark Hinton, if, you, if I said to you at the start of the year, we'll keep the Bledisloe Cup, we'll win the Rugby Championship and we'll have an unbeaten Northern Tour, normally you'd give it uh, slightly higher than that, but would you? Uh, no, I'd, I'd score it around about that, Smithy. I think um, four defeats, a draw, um, eight wins. Um, you know, they were one... One defeat off it being the worst ever record in the profession, equaling the worst ever record in the professional era. So, so you couldn't, you couldn't say it's been a good season. And um, uh, I think that yeah, that last test in, in, encapsulated really, um, I guess, kind of the mental weakness or the lack of consistency this team has, which is a big concern. Look, Ian Foster. Uh, is rigidly clung to the positives, hasn't he? And, and and I guess in many ways that's a coach's job. You know, it's to, it's to be positive, is to find the the light, I guess, at the end of the tunnel. And and you can't blame him for that. Um, and and he did achieve some significant things, Smithy, with the All Blacks um, from where they were at the start of the year, losing at home to um, Ireland, um, getting you know well beaten. Um, First up in South Africa, you know things were really unraveling. Based on, uh, followed, you know, following on the heels of those two straight defeats in the north. So, 
it was looking pretty ugly. So there has been a correction. There have been improvements, we have to acknowledge that. But are they where they need to be to win a World Cup? Certainly not. And this lack of consistency, this lack of mental strength um, in key moments, this inability to hold lead, uh, they're all real concerns. Uh, because to win a World Cup, as, you, as we all know, you've got to win three big games in a row, especially so when your quarterfinal is going to be um, either Ireland or South Africa. You, you know, you're going to have to get up three weeks in a row. And at the moment, that's the All Blacks Achilles heel. Look, they have the ability. There's no doubt about that. They have the players. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But are they where they need to be? Nowhere near it at the moment. And I think Twickenham, the frustrating 80 minutes, or particularly the frustrating last 10 minutes that New Zealand has all felt, rip that up in neon. This team has a long way to go to be where they need to be. Okay, cool. Uh, Thoughts there from uh, Aidan McLaughlin and Mark Hinton. We'll take a a very quick news break. uh, And when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Black Caps, I think. And how about the Breakers? How about those Breakers? What a start to the season they have had. We'll be back shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, let's uh, stay on uh, a couple of uh, topical subjects. And uh, yes, uh, this uh, FIFA World Cup, uh, Ada McLaughlin, I'm sure you're pretty interested in that as well. And I just, we're only just underway and uh, the build-up it's had with all the human rights issues, etc., that could end up being the ugly World Cup, the way things are starting to look. Yeah, it's been a long build-up, hasn't it, as well, with uh, with the fact that this uh, Russia and Qatar were both named as tournament hosts, uh, I think it was about 12 years ago now, so it's been a very, very long build-up. But, yeah, I guess if we look at the first match, um, Qatar have been in a camp, a pre-tournament camp, for about seven months, but uh, I think what it's shown is that time and money cannot buy you a great football team. It can buy you a lot of things, but it can't buy you a great football team. So um, it's pretty deflating for the hosts. Uh, to go down 2-0 to Ecuador. I think Ecuador are ranked about mid-40s in the world. And Qatar aren't, aren't that far behind them on the rankings. But I think they're a world away in terms of experience and ability. Um, and it could be a really, really long uh, couple of game group games for them. You know, they've got um, Senegal on Friday, which I would imagine will be a fairly similar result. And then they've got the Netherlands in their last group game. So it could actually get quite ugly for the hosts. Um, but with everything else that's going on, I guess this is the great shame with the last two tournaments, whereas we're so used to talking about the football and there might be a few little side stories, everything in Russia, well, not everything, but a lot in Russia and so much here in Qatar is about the stuff off the field, which is really sad because every four years we all want to get together and watch a really good football tournament. Yeah, well, it's the beautiful game, uh, supposedly, Mark Hinton, but at this stage, uh, not a lot of beauty attached to it. They need some really good football. They need some superstars to emerge on the field of play very quickly. Yeah, they'll get it, but it is a strange World Cup, isn't it? It's the first one I think they've had in the in season, as it were. Um, so it kind of crept up, so, up on us in a way in terms of the football because, you know, t- players have literally been plucked out of their, their club competitions to go and play in this World Cup while they're being suspended. So it is odd that way. Uh, yeah, the fact that it's in Qatar, this tiny little country in the Middle East, um, yeah, we all know the backstory to that. Um, and, it, um, yeah, it needs the football, doesn't it? And it, it will get it. Uh, the football will be fantastic. That's a given. It's the Football World Cup. But, yeah, early signs are not promising. 67,000 at Albate Stadium. Uh, it was only half full by the end of the game. The fans were chanting, we want beer, we want beer, in reference to the ban 
um, on, on alcohol at the stadiums, um, and only about thirty odd thousand were left by the final whistle. Look, things are <laughs> things are a bit shaky um, in terms of that money. It, 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 it can't buy you a football team, and it can't necessarily buy you a, a, a fantastic global tournament. So yeah, it's on the footballers now as to save this tournament. I feel like it's teetering a little bit, but I have faith that they will. Uh, the world's best footballers when they get on the pitch together with um, the country's uh, colours on their backs, they'll produce and, and we'll soon be talking about the football. But in, in a way, Smithy, um, talking about the human rights type things um, is probably not a bad thing. The spotlight goes on uh, some of these countries that I guess, um, you know, probably deserve to have it on them. So it, it, it's a fact of the matter with this World Cup. Human rights type issues stand alongside sporting issues. Modi Mayor, Mark Hinton, has found it. He's found the, the recipe, even with a, a nightmare weekend of uh, trans-Tasman travel. The break is uh, 84-76 over last year's runners-up, the Jack Jumpers, and, uh, and then 89-83 uh, against Adelaide. What a start for the breakers. Yeah, remarkable, really. Considering the draw they've had, I mean, you know, the NBL was sort of falling over themselves to thank them for what they went through the previous two years. And they rewarded them, rewarded them, Smithy, with the draw from hell. I mean, literally, they had a succession of Friday games in far-flung places in Australia and expected to get home in time to play Sunday afternoons. Um, you know, it's borderline stuff, borderline um, what you're asking for professional athletes and borderline, actually, log- logistics to make it happen. The Breakers got home from playing Tasmania in Launceston, which is not an easy place to get back to Auckland from, um, at 3 a.m. on game day uh, and still managed to come out and, and get a win. So, um, yeah, you're right to highlight Modi Mayor um, has got something special going on this year. They're 8-3, eight 8-3. and three. Eight and three, I think they're uh, uh, right up there with the defending champs and a, a team that, you know, is well-resourced, the Sydney Kings, uh, and, and breaking away from the rest of the league. So they're in a really good spot. And it is quite amazing that it's been achieved through this really nightmarish schedule. These are high-character players that Moda Mayor has assembled. He promised um, he would have it, and he's actually delivered, which has been really amazing. Um, This is a really good group from three imports who play hard and play together and play with their teammates um, and understand their roles to a whole bunch of guys who who are New Zealanders and Australians who come in and, and know exactly what, your coach wants from them, and they all play really, really hard. D. So, look, if you haven't got on board the Breakers bandwagon, and there's been a bit happening in sport in New Zealand, hasn't there, in the last few weeks? So it's understandable. Maybe if you've missed it, get on it because these, these guys are are delivering. Finally, after a few shaky years, it's fair to say uh, they are delivering quality basketball and characterful field uh, sport, Smithy. And sometimes that's all we can ask from our from our teams that they play hard and they play together, and these guys are definitely doing that. Well, that's an interesting point to move on, a nice segue to move on to uh, the Black Caps then, Aidan McLaughlin, because uh, that is a pace thing last night. Uh, uh, it's not the full-strength Indian uh, side by any stretch of the imagination, although uh, Surya Kumar, Yadav, would make many sides around the world, if not all of the sides around the world. 111 off 51 balls, overshadowing what we came up with. Any concerns for you there, uh, Aidan, on that performance or uh, post-World Cup? Well, I think there's plenty of concerns. Um, I think that the Black Caps have come back 
and there's a lot of talking about you know taking on the lessons of the of the tournament that's just been and always looking to improve. Um, but what did we see last night? We, we saw India, as you say, um, that that innings uh, was from Yadav was just incredible. You know, 111 off 51 balls, 11 fours, seven sixes, and it went from being probably a 160 170 score, uh, and he just accelerated away and got it up to 190. And and to be fair, uh, only for the uh, the the rule changing where. Uh, if, if there's a, a crossing, the crossing you know takes no effect, so he couldn't actually get any deliveries in that last over. It could have been well over 200. So I think the issues for the the black caps are that Allen gets out quickly again. Okay, that happens the way he plays. But then for me, if that happens early, Phillips should come in at three. I think you need to have Phillips come in at three, uh, take advantage of those fix, first six overs. I think with Williamson and Conway, they're just too similar in that first six overs. Uh, Phillips comes in at the start of the ninth, I think. I mean, they're already well behind the the eight ball. Um, they need Phillips in earlier because he is the sort of player who can get 111 and 50-odd balls. He can do that, but he needs time to do it. So um, the also the, the concerning thing for me with the ball was that they just seem to run out of a few ideas. They seem a little bit, you know, stuck in the headlights there towards the end of their innings. So, yeah, I mean... It can all change around the fickle nature of T20s. It can all change around very quickly tomorrow night. But, um, yeah, I think they need to tinker. I think they just need to be willing to make those decisions depending on what happens early on in the innings. Yeah, well, in terms of the bowling, um, Mark Hinton, we're uh, quickly learning that life without Trent Bolt might be interesting, particularly at the start and at the end of, of an innings. But, yeah, by and large, uh, for me, we just can't sit. We just can't sit. Uh, and and just meander along. We we have to keep working things out, and whether that means we need uh, a revamping of the coach captaincy scenario, I do not know. But it seems to have been the case in other countries. And if you look at the England England example in particular, it's worked beautifully. Yeah, Smithy, it just feels to me like the Black Caps are a team that that are between eras almost at the moment, um, um, and sort of clinging on to an old one while we're you know frantically trying to refresh refresh at the same time and, and, and just haven't quite figured out the formula, have they? Um, look, they're very competitive, a semi-final appearance at a T20 World Cup, not to be sneezed at by any stretch. And, you know, a loss to a, to a you know, an Indian team with a player like Yadav um, uh, spearheading them um, again, you know, no, no disgrace. But it just feels like they're just a little bit off the very, very best in the mark they need to be at to compete at the very highest level and, and, and I, I agree with you I think there needs to be some sort of change look there's an enigma in Kane Williamson isn't he he's our best batsman uh, and one of our greatest batsmen of all time but you know he needs you know he just can't score quickly at the T20 level so I just wonder I wonder if it's you know perhaps time to look at a refresh there and as you mentioned captaincy maybe a spe- you know a specialist captaincy to even take a bit of that load off him and maybe just even let him try to concentrate on figuring out how he can be more impactful at this level. Something's going to change, I think, Smithy, because it just feels like they're not quite there. And, and it's hard to put your finger on with, whether it's batting or it's bowling or it's everything, really. It's a bit of both, I think. Good news uh, out of the World Rugby Awards for us, Mark. Uh, just a quick review there. Uh, Wayne Smith, Coach of the Year. Ruby Tui, Breakthrough 15s Player of the Year. And Farah Palmer, Dr. Farah Palmer, getting the Vernon Pure Award for Distinguished Service. So, they're getting a few gongs in, out of that. What a wonderful year it's been for our women in sports. Lydia Coe winning today. Uh, 
you know, one of their biggest paydays and uh, and a real comeback sort of statement from here um, as well. Um, fantastic, isn't it? Just continues on a thoroughly deserved award for for both Ruby and Wayne. Um, you know, I, I think we all know what they what they produced, and good to see that being rewarded. Smithy turned that team around within six months. He didn't do it on his own, but he was certainly the figurehead of it, and it was quite remarkable what they were able to achieve. And Ruby Tui, um, I think when you think about our sports people, Smithy, I think she's one of the very, very special ones, and I think we should all be very, very happy um, and grateful that not only do we get to see her perform, but we get to see her in front of the cameras because um, I think she sets she sets a bit of a tone that I think we in the media would like to see others follow. Well done, Ruby Tui, you're pretty special. Yep, Aidan McLaughlin, I'll give you uh, the last thoughts on that. She is special. She's just got, uh, uh, you know, something, maybe it's because of her upbringing. Um, you know, we've heard stories of just how tough it's been uh, at times for her, and she's just broken out there and, and involved this personality, which is so engaging that you kind of feel that you give her a job anywhere, she'd make it work. Yeah, I think, you know, rugby fans have known that she's got that personality, that charisma for a number of years now. But I think the great thing about the last six to eight weeks has been that the whole country has seen that. Uh, And I just think that she is so, she's enthusiastic about everything she does. I think, yeah, she's absolutely, you know, a sponsor's dream, isn't she? She she could literally promote any brand she wants now, and I hope she gets plenty of opportunities out of it. But you get the feeling that she will stay grounded. Um, I have no doubts about that whatsoever. And I think that now that people have learnt as well about the extremely hard upbringing she she had via her book uh, that was released recently, yeah, amazing personality, amazing person, and just really so representative of the positiveness that this Blackfern's side has brought to us over this last few months. Absolutely. Aidan McLaughlin, Mark Hinton, thanks very much for your contributions on the panel this morning. Um, some brilliant thoughts there. And we'll have another panel uh, same time tomorrow morning here on SENZ. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.